grateful. Nothing personal word of the day. It's Memorial Day, Monday, May 31st. For those of you who thought there'd be no nothing personal, you must not know Coca. Coca called me at five in the morning. We're doing a show. I said, of course we are. Wake up, everybody. Wake up. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, being a part of nothing personal. You know, Memorial Day is associated, I guess, with sun and barbecue and family and friends and partying. I get it. But just take a minute today, at least one minute. That's all I ask. Not even a minute. Yeah, no, no. Yes, one minute. Can you do that? 60 ticks of a clock. Just to think to yourself, man, how lucky am I that other people were willing to die so I didn't have to? How lucky am I that people were willing to go to war so I could listen to nothing personal or be with my family or eat a hamburger and a hot dog and chicken, four bottles of wine, two boxes of good and plenty, an entire box of candy corn with some runts on the side. How lucky are you? Grateful. It's not sports related. It's life related. I've been thinking a lot about this actually. Life and sports. I need your passion. I need your emotion. I need your connectivity with your sports team. Why? Because that's how we're going to make money from you. Because you are going to be invested in what I own. Of course, this is speculation because I don't know anything. But I'm talking about you as a fan and what an executive tries to do to get you to spend money for me. We want you to have a tie an emotional tie. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose, but either way, you come to play. Either way, you go to a game, either way, you watch a game, either way, you're calling talk radio to complain or you're celebrating in a parade. Either way, I'm good with all of it. I always used to say, good or bad, please, just no apathy. No apathy. Don't tell me you don't care. The Florida Panthers have that problem in Miami. May have gotten better now with the them making the playoffs, but they lost in the first round to the Lightning. But it used to be just apathy central for the Panthers. With the Marlins, we may have had issues. It was never apathy. That was never one of them. People were angry, upset, negative. I'm okay. No apathy. But when you have a connection to your sports team, that means by definition, you do not like players on the other team. What's worse is you don't like players who used to be on your team and now they're on the other team. When a player's on your team, you love them. Greatest example in NBA would be Dennis Rodman. How did you feel about Dennis Rodman when he was a Piston and you were a Bulls fan? Hated him, hate with a capital H. He comes to the Bulls and guess what? You love him. And then the Pistons fans hate him. Kyrie Irving has had a career where he won a championship in Cleveland, played for Boston, and signed a free agent deal with the Nets. The Celtics don't like him. He doesn't like you, and it makes for good theater. The Celtics are down 3-1 to the Nets. Kyrie Irving, at the end of the game, goes to center court, steps on the leprechaun, the leprechaun, the Lucky Charms guy. The leprechaun is the mascot or the symbol of the Celtics that thing in center court. Goes to center court, steps on it like he's stomping on the logo. Who cares? People lost their minds because he stepped on the leprechaun. Kyrie then walks off the court and he gets a water bottle thrown at him. 
some 20 year old who's got parents maybe had to call his parents if he's lucky enough to have parents and said, you know, I just got arrested because I threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving. And they said, excuse me, you did what? You assaulted Kyrie Irving with a water bottle? Yeah, I know I'm in jail right now. Uh, are you gonna be able to go to another Celtics game? I don't think so. I think they're gonna suspend me, but I'm not as worried about going to a Celtics game as I am about the fact that I'm being charged with assault. I would like you or anybody to explain to me why you think going to a game and loving your team and hating your opponent and hating the players on the other team gives you the right to spit on a player, to throw something at a player. You want to heckle, 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 scream at the top of your lungs. You suck. I'm good. Comment in every play, blow whistles, have vuvuzelas. Do anything you want to do to distract the player from performing well against your team. But doing something to the player's family like happened in Utah with John Morant's family, doing something to the player like with Westbrook and popcorn and now Kyrie Irving with a water bottle. What the hell's wrong with you people? I'm talking to you. I was the number one Nick fan, the number one heckler would never do anything personal. That's how this whole show started. Why would you do something personal? Side note, why would you commit a crime? Because you're dying for soap on a rope? Kyrie Irving's not in the wrong here for stepping on a leprechaun. Who cares? You're in the wrong. And you know what's gonna happen if enough of you do what this 21-year-old in Boston did? We're all screwed. None of us will be able to have good seats again. None of us will be able to take our kids and have access to autographs and being around athletes. It's going to screw it up for the rest of you. It's the reason why we have to take our shoes off when we fly, for Christ's sake. Because if one person did a shoe bomb, now we all have to take our shoes off. Stop. It's enough. NBA's got a problem because it, it's not just Boston. I think they're going to deal with it. And I think the way they deal with it is going to impact all of us. There are going to be rules put in place where fans cannot be as close to players as they used to be. Way to go. Danny Ainge said something. He's the president. Do you remember Danny Ainge? He played for the Celtics. He played for the Suns. He played for the Blazers. He won championships. He was also a baseball player. Drafted, little known fact here, Normie. He was drafted. I'm going to get it wrong, Coca, damn it. I think he was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. And I think he may have even played for the Toronto Blue Jays. He may have played professional baseball and professional basketball. Not like Dave Winfield, who I think was drafted also by both sports. I think Danny Ainge played both sports. Hmm. I could be wrong. You may be right. Either way, Danny Ainge has been around the Celtics. He runs the Celtics. He said, I have no idea what everyone's talking about in terms of racism, because they were trying to say that Kyrie and it's racism. And Kyrie said, I want to be able to, you know, play the game and have you watch me and not be subject to racism in Boston. And people said racism in Boston. Come on. Yeah. Racism in Boston. It's one of the most known facts ever, ever. Coca's in the game. Thank you, Coca. Ainge was, was drafted in 77 by the Blue Jays and made it to the big leagues in 79 with the Blue Jays. Thank you. That's awesome because he was also a basketball player. Okay. 
but now I lost my train of thought. I have no idea what we were talking about. We were talking about Kyrie, but what were we talking? Oh, Danny Ainge. Thank you. Danny Ainge and racism. He says, hey, I've been around the Celtics for 26 years. 26 years. I don't know what Kyrie's talking about. When he was here, I would speak to him all the time. I didn't know there's racism in Boston. There's no racism in Boston. Everyone's perfect in Boston. What are you guys talking about? Here's what we're talking about, Danny. In every sport, Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, you don't think it's a known fact? Come on. Be better, Danny Ainge. Show some empathy. Show some acknowledgement that you understand the market in which you operate. And I'm not the guy to give Kyrie Irving a pass ever. You know that because you've listened to 380 episodes of this show. But in this case, I'm going to give it to you straight. Kyrie Irving is, do- Kyrie Irving is doing some truth-telling. Shouldn't be subject to water bottles being thrown. Just shouldn't be. It's out of the question. It's downright wrong, as a matter of fact. I had a bad weekend in regards to a former player. And we're going to have to discuss it. And I'm going to have to discuss this. I've been thinking about it all weekend. How am I going to discuss Marcelo Zuna, someone who I've known for so many years? I'm so bad at years. I don't know when I first met him. Uh, I met him in his first spring training when he was in big league camp. Uh, 2000 and something. It's just been a very long time. What year would I have met Ozuna? Not the year he debuted Coca. It would have been the first time he was invited to spring training, which is not going to be Googleable. Gone through a lot with Marcelo Ozuna, a lot. And then something happened this weekend where you're all asking me to give you my opinion. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it to you straight up. And it's, go ahead, Coca. So we were going to play the music, but then Coca realized and decided it's not appropriate to. We have a segment that we call So You Want to Talk to Samson. That is when people ask me questions on Twitter at David P. Samson. Get into my DMs, ask a question. There's too many. I try to respond to all, but I don't get to all. There's no way to. With, with If I have any hope of being present at anything I'm doing in my life, I can't get to all of them, but I try to get to as many as I can. And... Ask a question, I'm going to try to answer it. So here's what you all were asking. And there were several, so you want to talk to Samson's about Marcelo Zuna. He was arrested this weekend, for those of you who didn't see the news. And he is going to be charged with several counts of domestic violence, including strangulation. He basically got caught hitting and strangling his wife. The problem for Marcelo Zuna is the police came and he was in the act of strangling and beating his wife. So it's not he said, she said. It's not a matter of the woman changing her story or declining to prosecute, declining to press charges. She can't decline to prosecute. Only the prosecutor can. But you need a witness. And when your witness says, I'm not going to testify. And if you put me on the stand, I'm not going to say a word. That's the end of the case. And it happens so many times that men, abusive men, get away with it. But if the police see it, they're witnesses. Which means when the DA is deciding what to do in Atlanta, they don't need his wife to say anything. They'll put the cops on the stand, and Ozuna's got a problem. 
And the questions you were asking me were about business, what I would do if I were the president of the Braves, the impact that this arrest has on the Braves on and off the field, what my next step would be with Marcel. And here's where I want to start. And it's the only place to start when you're talking about this. I don't care how angry you are. I don't care how miserable you are. I don't care how many girlfriends you have. I don't care how many boyfriends you have. I don't care how many kids you have with how many different women and men. I don't care about any of it. Do whatever you want. Live your life. Don't hit a woman. That's it. It's a very simple rule. No matter how angry you are, and trust me, I get it. You don't raise a hand to a woman. Hard stop. I start there. Women, don't raise a hand to men. Marcelo Zuna's wife was arrested a year ago and charged with domestic violence for hitting Marcel. A year later, he's arrested for hitting her. I've known him and his wife since the beginning. I think it was back in uh, 2012, may have been his first spring training. I just don't remember. Coca is whispering in my ear why he has to whisper. They can't hear you, Coca. Can you hear what Coca's saying in my ear right now? No. That'd be cool if you could, because you'd hear some stuff during the course of a show. But let's just say I've known him for nine years then. Seen everything. Seen him do everything on the field and off the field. He was Jose Fernandez's best friend. He's like a teddy bear. His nickname was the Big Bear. When they're nicknamed jerseys, that was on his jersey, Big Bear. He's got an infectious smile. He loves baseball. Loves his kids. Loves his teammates. I had no idea that he had this in him. I'd like to tell you that I had seen it before and ignored it, or I'd seen it before and gotten him help, or I'd seen it before and promised that I would take care of it. I'd never seen it before. And I'm talking about not being around him once. I'm talking about being around him off the field and on the field. Frustration, sure. Bickering, yeah. Argument here or there, sure. Other men, other women, other people, whatever. Not saying there are, not saying there aren't. This is not a personal show. I'm saying that I never thought for one minute that Marcelo Zuna would do what he is accused of doing. And now that he's done it, let's assume the police are telling the truth, though people are innocent until proven guilty. I don't know what to do. It's like when you're, he's not a best friend, he's a friend. What do you do when your friend does something that you would spend your whole life fighting against? Do you drop him as a friend? Do you go public condemning him? I mean, it sounds crazy to you, right? But I've got a platform. How can I not tell you that not only do I want Marcelo Zuna to go to jail, I want to void his contract and get rid of him and never deal with him again and not let him play another game of baseball. I have to say that. And the worst part is I have to do it if I'm the president. I always say, don't get into emotional relationships with your players, with your employees, because the day's gonna come when you're gonna have to fire them or trade them or release them. 
or change their lives in some way for the worse. But when they do it to themselves, my level of guilt disappears. If somehow you lose five miles an hour off your fastball because you're hurt, for some reason, Marcelo Zuna can't play left field anymore because he got hurt. I don't hold that against him. I don't get angry because he's not as good a player as he used to be. I don't get angry when he wants to be paid more than I want to give him. Good for you. Go for it. Go for whatever you can get from someone. It doesn't even have to be reasonable. Totally different than an action off the field, a criminal action off the field. And then I grade, and you don't have to share my grading system, but I grade criminal activity off the field. Some activity, forget inexplicable, inexcusable, and it's not three strikes, it's one strike. There are some things in life that you don't get another chance to do. When I get, get the call that a player has been arrested, I want to know what it's for. And then I want to know the facts. And then I'm going to take action. Either helping that player get a lawyer or helping make sure that that player suffers public humiliation within our criminal justice system. That's the scale, right? The scale is that either you help the, your, your employee, you help your player because you believe that player, or you realize that that player did something that you will not allow to have happen in your organization or in any organization, or even in an organization that you hate, or even with a player who you hate. Here's how serious I am about this. If Heath Bell did something, and got arrested, which I don't believe he ever has. And it was something that I deemed as judge and jury to be whatever, I'm gonna help him. And I couldn't stand the guy, but I'm gonna help him, he was an employee. And if someone I love does something that I can't live with, I'm gonna have to take action. Does that make me inconsistent? Maybe. Does it make me a bad leader? You can judge for yourself. As a matter of fact, I want you to judge for yourself. I want you to say to yourself, what would you do? Because some of the stuff I'm seeing on Twitter sickens me. People saying, well, what are we gonna do in left field? What do we do without his bat in the lineup? Now we're really screwed. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you who's screwed. Ozuna, his wife, their kids. The Braves aren't screwed. They're going to find a way to get out of the $65 million contract they signed with him. I can promise you that. They're not going to have to do much because he's going to get suspended. Here's how this works. MLB gets called. The Braves claim they called them, but in actuality, MLB has a direct line when players are getting arrested. People in the commissioner's office know often before we do on the team because of what's called resident security agents. You've heard me talk about them before. Baseball gets the call. They immediately call the head of investigations. They've got a whole department, Department of Investigations. That's what they do. They start their own investigation, but really their investigation is in concert with 
Atlanta's investigation, the district attorney's investigation, the police investigation. They wait to see what comes out from their investigation because the DOI, Department of Investigations, they don't have subpoena power. They can't depose people. They can ask questions and hope they get answers. But it's not like a district attorney. It's not like the police where, hey, I'm asking you a question and you better get a lawyer and then answer it. You want to plead the Fifth Amendment? No problem. See you in court. Bye-bye. So MLB will have its DOI, quote-unquote, investigate, whatever. And then it will come out that he will be suspended. But they're going to take their time because they want to get it right. And they know Ozuna's hurt. He's out for six weeks with fractured fingers from sliding, I think. So frankly, he's not going to be around the team. The Braves aren't going to release him right now because if they release him, they'd have to pay him. They could stop paying him and then get a grievance, or they could wait for MLB to suspend him, and that suspension would start when he is healthy enough to play. And by rule, if you are going to get paid while you're hurt, you have to rehab your injury and try to get yourself back to health. So MLB has some time here. His suspension will be at least 81 games, at least. And that's the least of his problems. That's a way to see, by the way, Coca. It's a horrible way to see with a horrible subject. Marcelo Zuna will be suspended for at least 81 games by Major League Baseball. And I'm sick about it. People are asking me about the business impact. It's not how I look at this. Here, here's why, right? Do you not buy tickets? Do you not buy tickets to a game because one of the players gets arrested, or traded, or released, or waived, or fined, or suspended? Does the TV deal get smaller when the Braves live in a place where they're suppressing voting rights or? They're in a place where the all-star game gets taken away or they have players who are arrested for domestic abuse. Does the TV deal have a clause in it that calls for a decrease in revenue for any act of a player? No. There's no loss of business. No corporate sponsors leaving. This is not like racism or the Washington football team whose corporate partners said, whoa or the Cleveland baseball team whose corporate partners said, whoa, there are no corporate partners in the history of baseball that I'm aware of who call up the team and say, man, you got a player who just beat up his wife. Uh, we're taking our deal away. Now, if it becomes five players, 10 players, I was thinking about the brawl in the, uh, what was that called, Coca? Malice in the Palace? when Ron Artest went into the stands, which by the way, has a chance to happen again with these fans acting the way they do, which was the topic we started about. Malice at the palace. Thank you, Coca. I don't even know when that was, but I think it was Ron Artest. I think it was Pacers Pistons. Is it possible that if that type of action happens that everyone said, hey, we're not sponsoring you anymore. You guys went into the stands. Ron Artest, remember that his big suspension? It was like 17 years ago, 2004. No, didn't happen. 
So for those of you worried about the business for the Braves, they're okay. For those of you worried about the on-field performance, it'll be next man up. They'll play someone in left field and the show will go on. But don't take your eye off the ball. It's two topics in a row where people need to really focus for me. Focus. Marcel, I'm so disappointed that I can't express it. I hope to God it's not true. Because if it is, we come back, we're going to talk about a third thing in a row that is so sickening. That really makes you want to come back, doesn't it? It's a movie, a great movie. We're going to review a movie about a subject that is troubling. And we are going to talk about Inter-Miami. You can bet your bottom dollar that we're going to talk about David Beckham and Jorge Mas and the absolute atrocious behavior by all of them in Miami. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David. Thank you so much for being a part of our show. So we watch a movie every day, even on weekends. Although the weather was so bad this weekend, you could watch 10 movies. I watched a movie called I Am All Girls. I had no idea what it was about, but I had a thought. And it turns out I was way off. When you see a show, a movie, I Am All Girls, I thought it was an all-girl sort of movie. You know, watch it on your own, whatever. Yeah, no. It's about child sex trafficking. Maybe someday someone will explain to me I can't even, I I don't understand how you throw things at athletes or spit at them. I don't understand how you beat your wife or raise a hand to a woman. I can't comprehend it. You know what else I can't comprehend? Three in a row today, Coca. How the hell do you kidnap kids and then sell them to people in Saudi Arabia as sex slaves when they're 12? Money? That why? You're sick. Get help. I Am All Girls is a movie about, it's based on true story, taking place in South Africa, where there are, I think around the world, Coca, three to 500,000 kids are sold into slavery, sex slavery, sex trafficking. They're trafficked. There are groups of police who are charged with finding these kids. And I think the stat is they find 1% of them and the rest just go into the ether of the universe. They never see their parents anymore. And they basically live a life of sex and drugs all while being unable to leave because they are prisoner. I was fascinated by the movie because I'm so lucky. I grew up that I didn't think about these things. So sheltered. It's not the whole third base triple thing. We've talked about that. I'm talking about... It didn't even occur to me when I was young that I would get taken away and flown somewhere to live that life. There are millions of kids who don't get that right. They have to worry about it every day. This is a movie about one of those girls who found a way to escape and what she did, sort of like the revenge tour. And it was a long-term play. And the movie is about that play and what she did and how she did it. It's called I Am All Girls. One of these days, someone will tell me. Someone will tell me. I don't know. I don't even know what channel it's on. So 
the number of glances for I Am All Girls, it was a one glance movie. And the reason why I glanced at my phone one time, and that's the scale we use, we judge glances, is that when a movie disturbs me and makes me angry, I actually do some research while the movie's on. And often I will pause it, do the research, and then go back to the movie, and that still counts as a glance. It does. In this case, I didn't pause the movie because I needed to get through it. And I wasn't looking to extend the misery that I was feeling, which is not to say you shouldn't watch it because you should, because then it will give you an idea of what to look for and what to make sure you are never a part of, if you even need help with that, and what to look for. Because what if it's happening right under your nose? I still watched a lot of sports this weekend, though. Some good movies. I think we get to review Mayor of Easttown. Final episode was last night, Sunday the 30th, with Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Nothing, I'm just kidding. Nothing personal pick of the day. We're 76 and 50. We went two and one this weekend. I've been giving you weekend picks. Friday night, do you remember when the Hawks were only favored by four over the Knicks? That was weird. The Hawks covered big time. Do you remember when the Grizzlies were getting five from the Jazz on Saturday and they're getting five from the Jazz again tonight? I thought with John Morant playing at home, that's a give me. And it was if you took the Jazz. That means we're one and one going into Sunday. We took a dog because you guys like when I take dogs in baseball from time to time. But why was Woodruff a dog against Scherzer when the Nationals can't hit? Do you know what the final score of Sunday's game was? I think it was three to nothing. Do you know what Max Scherzer can't do? He can't win if his team doesn't score. So we're 76 and 50. I got a game for you to watch tonight and a pick. And I think it's the easiest pick of all. The Heat swept the Bucks. When you're up three nothing and you're the favorite team, the number one seed, number two seed, three seed, whatever you are. You want to close it out. These players are tired. They're playing every other day and they've been playing every other day, four and five nights, six and nine nights for months. The Philadelphia 76ers have been told by their president, Daryl Morey, finish the Wizards now. And so they shall. Sixers are eight over the Wizards. That line should be 14. It's going to be a blowout. The series is over, but that also means the October 29th, 2020 wait to see. You know what I do with wait to sees. I tell you they're either going to happen or not happen, but I'm going to revisit it no matter what, whether I'm right or wrong. I don't mind being wrong. On October 29th, 2020, I said the Sixers would lose in the first round of the playoffs. Well, they're up 3 nothing. That wait to see in theory is still good. But if the Sixers cover by eight tonight or even cover, don't cover and win, that wait to see is a loss. I also had a wait to see on December 3rd, 2020, that the Wizards wouldn't make the playoffs at all. That was a loss. How about the aforementioned Heat, May 24th, 2021? Uh-oh. I said the Bucks and Heat are going to go seven. Now, do you remember that one? On May 24th, I actually didn't get to the wait to see, so I did it May 25th because I had it in the rundown that I was going to do it, but it didn't make the show because I lost track of where I was. Shocking. So I, even though that was before game two of the Bucks Heat series where I was predicting seven, the Bucks won game two, but I kept that wait to see in, and boy, that series didn't go seven. May 24th, 2021, that's a no too.
It's a lot of no's. Pick of the day. Sixers, minus eight. Wizards. Are you watching the French Open? I am. Naomi Osaka. She's a good player. For some reason, she's ranked number two. I must have that wrong. She should be ranked number one. Either way. Remember we talked on yesterday's show last week. I can't remember. Was it Friday, Thursday, Friday, whenever it was, that she, as a tennis player, has decided she's not going to meet the media. She said she has mental health issues and that meeting the media brings her anxiety because they ask her terrible questions, so she's not going to do it. Update, she won her first round match. We had to wait to see that she would meet the media. And so far, I'm not right. She skipped the media session. And as per the rules, the French Open, find her. 15 grand. I'd like to ask you to not do something that I ask you to do, right? Do it. I need you to do something. You say, no, I don't want to do it. I don't like doing it. And I say, hey, I can find you. And you say, fine, find me. How much are you going to find me? And I say to you, give me a nickel. And you say, a nickel? And I don't have to do what I'm supposed to do? And that's my fine? Okay. You're going to give the nickel, right? And then you're not going to do what you're supposed to do. And then the next day, you're not going to do it again. And I'm going to find you another nickel. And you're going to say, you know what? I'll give you a dollar. And for the next 20 days, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Are we even? And I say, crap. That's all I can do is find you a nickel. All right. I'll take the dollar now in advance. Naomi Osaka can get fined 15 grand every time she skips a press conference after every match. First round, second round, third round, fourth round, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, seven matches, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 120, 140. She get fined 140, but they find her 15, not 20. They could have fined her 20, 15, 30, 45, 60, 75, 90, 105 grand. She made 53 million off the court last year, folks. For 105 grand, she's not going to meet the media. But I still like my way to see. Do you want to know why? Because she got a letter yesterday. Dear Jane, I regret to inform you that you are in violation of the following six road rules. Section 4-3 Gimel states that if you don't fulfill your press obligations, we can get ready, fine you 20 grand each time. But I draw your further attention to Section 69-4, Section 2, Line Delta, which states not only can we fine you $20,000, but we can disqualify you from the tournament. Oh, she could get kicked out of the French Open, but she's making her point. She doesn't want to meet the media. She's saying to her manager, we're good. It's a French Open. We're fine. Call the sponsors. Make sure we're still good, right? And then she got another letter. Dear Jane, part two. Hi, my name's David. I work for Wimbledon. Hi. My name's Joanne. I work for the U.S. Open. Hi, my name is Crocodile Dundee, and I work for the Australian Open. We would like to inform you 
that if you choose to not meet the media at Roland Garros during the French Open, we may decide that you're not invited to play in our Grand Slam tournaments. Now we're talking. That's no nickel any longer. If Naomi Osaka is told that she can't play in Grand Slam tournaments because she won't meet the media, you think she's going to retire? No. Think she'll just play in the other satellite tournaments? No. She will meet the media so fast your head will spin. Like Linda Blair in The Exorcist. It'll spin off like a dreidel. That's having leverage. Love it. Just meet the media and say you're not going to answer any questions. Just stand there. Hi. Did you see that weather today? Mm, so good. So good. By the way, my mental health is more important to me. But I really want to play in the Grand Slams. That's the update. All right, get ready. Even if you're not a Miamian, which shocking to CBS. Not to me, though. Most of you aren't. Thank you. There's an MLS team in Miami called Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami is owned by a guy named George Moss. George Moss was a potential bidder. He was a bidder for the Marlins when Jeter bought the Marlins. He is a well-known entity in Miami. His family has a company, public big company called Mastec, M-A-S-T-E-C, as in Jorge Moss, Moss, M-A-S, get it? Swept in after not having them getting the Marlins, swept in and bought the MLS soccer team in Miami, invested money so he could take over, be in charge, because David Beckham could not get a group together for half a decade. Biggest struggle ever to get a deal done. And he was given, David Beckham was given the right to have an expansion franchise at a $25 million expansion fee, where the actual fee is now over $100 million. So Inter-Miami is in good shape to start with financially, except they're in Miami, except they have no place to play. They built some stadium in Fort Lauderdale that's mediocre. They can't stay there long-term. It was done on the cheap, and it looks that way, and that's not what MLS, That believe me, if there's no new stadium in Miami, that team is leaving Miami. They're not going to play at the Fort Lauderdale Executive Airport where the Orioles used to spring train, but they built another facility right there. That is not a long-term solution. So David Beckham, when I was trying to get involved with Inter-Miami, I made it clear there's only one way I'd get involved, and that's if David Beckham is committed to actually being a part of the team. I need him to go on business meetings, marketing calls. During the game, he's got to meet with sponsors. I need him to run the soccer side as well, bring in good people. I need David Beckham in Miami, and I knew that wasn't going to happen because he doesn't like Miami, no matter what he says. His wife doesn't like Miami. It's a thing, I guess. I guess people think if you're in Miami, you're going to do stuff like at Live or 11 or something. Whatever. In any case. So Jorge Mas comes in, takes over the role of chairman, which used to be a guy named Marcelo Clore, who is the chairman of Sprint, which is a phone company. He was the original guy leading the charge, but he put a little money in and that money got wasted and then they needed more money and he didn't want to do it. So they found Jorge Mas. David Beckham never wanted to put money in. He was putting it in his name. So he his investment in that team is zero, by the way, and he owns a piece of it. All of this is fine. Inter-Miami gets the team. They field the team. I don't know if they, they lost the other day. 
I saw, but I don't know. I don't think they've been that good. Doesn't matter. All of a sudden this weekend, news comes out that Inter-Miami has been cheating. And I don't mean by hitting garbage cans. I'm talking about cheating in a way that is unforgivable. There are rules in Major League Soccer about the amount of money you can spend on players. There are rules in Major League Soccer about designating a player, and you can only have a certain number of designated players, and those players can make a designated amount of money. The totality of your salary can be a total and must be a total amount of money. Interestingly enough, it's not like the NFL where you hire people or the NBA where you hire people to try to avoid the cap, and that's a thing, right? salary cap avoidance, spreading the hit of the cap, dead money on the cap, all of that that exists in the NFL and in the NBA. That's not what's going on in MLS. Jorge Mas comes in and says, I've got an idea. Let's sign players to a deal that includes a off-the-book payment, like the kind we gave to Barry Bonds when he was the hitting coach, that kind of off-the-book payment that no one needs to know about. No one needs to know. We're going to have these players sign a side marketing deal. We're going to have them go to Chick-fil-A on Sunday, say hello to all the people, and then we're going to give them an extra 500 grand for those Sunday appearances with the masses. The only problem is that's illegal. That's a violation of Major League Soccer rules. And Miami didn't do this one time or two times or three times. They did it multiple times. So Major League Soccer stood up this weekend and said, hi, I'm Don Garber. I love you, David Beckham, for everything you've done for Major League Soccer. I've bent over backwards to the point that I've got an L4, L5 break. That's how much I've bent over so you could be in Miami and have a team. I've showed patience. I've put up with more than I've ever needed to. And this is what you do? You're fined $2 million. $2 million? They find the racist ex-owner of the Salt Lake City team like a hundred and a quarter. $2 million. The worst in Major League Soccer history for violation, the, violating the roster rules and the salary budget. But that's not it. Because a $2 million fine, Jorge Mas will go to the bank and borrow it, borrow against his shares in his public company. No problem. $2 million. By the way, it's a big problem no matter how rich you are. But he'll pay it. But they also are lowering the salary cap for Inter-Miami. That's their punishment. That the amount of money they can have to sign players over the next two years is going to be lower than other teams. So not only will they be watched like a hawk, but also... They won't be able to spend as much as their competitors, which means they're going to stink for longer than they should have. Was it worth it, Jorge? Jorge made a statement. Inter-Miami acknowledges that the club violated Major League Soccer's roster rules in our first season. We have worked closely with MLS to address these issues and have made significant changes in our management structure. <sighs> Give me a break. That's what your statement is. You're the one who got personally fined, Jorge, on top of the two million. You were fined 250 grand because of what you did. Your job is to protect Beckham, which you did. What a terrible job. What do you do if you're Beckham? Hey, I had no idea. Wow, that makes me an idiot. Hey, I knew exactly what we were doing. Oh my God, that makes me a criminal. Not a real criminal, but it makes me a violator. 
Major League Soccer says, we can't find David Beckham. He's David Beckham. We have to have Moss say that Beckham didn't know. We're going to call Beckham and say, hey, David, you didn't know anything that was going on. I know people are going to say, hey, that means you're not very involved, but it's better to be not involved than to be involved in that sort of chicanery. Okay, I'll do that. Hold on. Let me ask Posh. Hey, Posh, how do you feel about me not knowing anything that's going on in this team? I know it makes me look like an idiot, doesn't it? Yeah, but do you believe what we were doing? We were getting all these players to play and we were paying them extra. I know, I know they're not open on Sunday, Posh, but that's 500 grand we were giving them. They threw their old executive under the bus, though. They said Beckham had nothing to do with it. But Paul McDonough certainly did. The guy they hired to be their sporting director. Yeah, done. MLS suspended him. He's actually working for Atlanta now. He had been fired, went to work for Atlanta. Now MLS is saying, what you did in Miami, you're in trouble. So Atlanta fired him. They suspended this poor COO. Beckham didn't know a thing. Marcelo Clore has a tweet that says, truth will prevail or some such crap. Oh, I had no idea. You think Jorge Mas did this on his own? You give me one small break. They all knew it. You think when you're running a team and you're doing side deals, you think that our GM didn't know what we were paying bonds? Our CFO didn't know what we were paying bonds? Our owner didn't know? I didn't know? We all knew. That'll do it for you, Inter-Miami. And that'll do it for you, George Moss. And you too, David Beckham. Good luck with that team. And sometimes when you're trying to get ahead, you end up falling so far behind, you can never catch up. It's just business. Bye, George. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.